<laughs> oh, brother, I love these analogies that you bring forth. <laughs> do you want to stay stuck in the little pineapple raft that you have, or do you want to go to a freaking yacht and like party in the Ibizas? I'm not sure. I want to be in the yacht. <laughs> yeah, definitely want to be in the yacht. And welcome to the Emotional Compass. This is Bodhi. And Abiel. Hey, Abiel. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So, this, there's this book called A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson, which I read years ago. And I brought it up to your attention recently because we've been reviewing all these very interesting books. And this is one of the books that really touched me, you know, on my spiritual journey. And it's been an interesting ride reading this book once again, because a lot of stuff came up and I realized that my journey has been, you know, it has changed over the course of the last five years. And now reading this book once again, I realized that there are some things that I still love about the book and there are some things that I don't agree with anymore. But I, the reason I wanted to review it because it touched my heart and it also brought me closer to you know, the, the book, the one book that we always keep talking about in this podcast, which is The Course in Miracles. And if you don't know what The Course in Miracles is, then The Return to Love by Marianne Williamson is a really good introduction to The Course in Miracles. Because The Course in Miracles talks a lot about, you know, a lot of Christian terminology like Holy Spirit. And there's other very like Christian language in it that it turns off a lot of people. And, you know, Williamson, she's... She's of Jewish heritage and she's, she picked up this book and became a lifelong learner and teacher of the Course in Miracles. Uh, so a return to love is basically her take on the Course in Miracles. Like I said, it's a great precursor and it's a great introduction. Um, what's your take on that book? I went over the book a while back. It's probably was back in like 2007. So it had been a while since I had gone over the book. And when I first read it, it was very touching. I think I was going through um, a crazy breakup and it was recommended to me by a friend. And I remember um, it had so many really good nuggets of wisdom. And beyond anything else, I think it led to a really good place of coming from heart. So it defined the difference between love and fear, which is something A Course in Miracle does perfectly. You know, the, uh, the opposite of love is fear, but that which is all-encompassing could have no opposite. Hence, there lies the peace of God. When I first read that, I was like, mind blown. So the, the book talks a lot of really good nuggets. It helped my egoic mind get out of the gutter. And 
it allowed me a, a place of of peace. It allowed me a place of non-thinking to go and be with heart. So that all sounded like woo-woo, but it was a great intro to A Course in Miracles. It had so many good nuggets, and I really enjoyed how simply put Marie Williamson defined love and expressed A Course in Miracles for the layman audience. I think it was a great example of that. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny, I found a common thread in the last few books that we've reviewed. The first one being, of course, by Tara Brack. And then after that, we, we did uh, The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. And, uh, and now this, Marianne Williamson. And all of their life stories kind of mirror each other. You know, they they went through this phase where they were basically self-loathing. So they had all these addictions and addictive personalities and they cured their addiction. And then they went through this journey of awakening. Basically, they all had a hero's journey. And that's what I found very fascinating is like they, they went through this phase of questioning themselves or basically a lot of self-indulgence. And once they found that the self-indulgence does not really satisfy that void, that emptiness, that's when they started seeking for answers. And the answers led them all in different paths. But eventually, the paths were love over fear. That's been the message of all of these books, really. So are we talking about um, Marie Williamson or Joseph Campbell? I, I'm confused now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, it's just, it, it was just an observation because, I mean, you would agree with my hypotheses, right? Well, I have to. It's the hero's journey. Like, that's the same storyline that every hero has taken. And it's the same storyline that we're attracted, like bugs to light. So, I think it's if if any book is going to make um become published or have an audience it pretty much has to follow the the hero's journey. Yeah, I just thought it was very very interesting because it's like Tara Brack, Debbie Ford, Marianne Williamson, all very powerful women, all with a very strong message in their own right, all came to conclusions that have like that have like these bestseller books that have sold millions of copies and they've gone around teaching and talking about their message, but their past all kind of like overlap each other. And yeah, I, I just couldn't help but think of that common thread. I'm, I'm sure if we look at some of the, you know, the male versions of these people, they probably have similar stories. And like you said, you know, the hero's journey every piece of fiction or nonfiction even out there kind of follows that arc. I know like, yeah, I'm going to stop talking about the hero's journey. We should probably do a podcast on the hero's journey because we're both big fans of it and Joseph Campbell too. Totally. I I think it's like saying, show me a, 
a top hit on the radio that doesn't have a three chord progression. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's it's very, a, very true. It's a time tested formula that we keep on seeing and we keep on loving. It's like eating your same favorite meal over and over again and saying, how can I eat this again? It's like the mixture between acid, fat, and salt. It's like, that's what we love. And what we do is we rearrange the fat, acid, and salt in a different combination. And we're like, this is the most amazing meal I've ever had in my life. But from a, 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 a chemist point of view is like, it's the same three elements. But from an artist's point of view is like, no, now it has a different combination and proportion of the ingredients. So I think that's the beauty of being born a human and going through the, this experience is the fact that we're all going through the same story. We've all have different avatars with different pigmentations, but yet we fulfill each other's shadow and we project it outward and it hooks to certain people that haven't overcome their shadow, which is 99.9% of us. And for the other 0.1%, they don't really have to do much to affect most of humanity. So I don't know if all that was jumble, mumble, but that's my take on a hero's journey. How about you? <laughs> no, that's exactly right. And well, you know, like I, I like to say that we're all part of the same ocean, but we're just different waves, right? Or we're all in the same, like, we're all in the same ocean, but we're just different in different boats. Some have big boats, some have small boats, but all kind of finding their way, where to go. And I, I, I feel that I, it was really interesting that you brought up the ingredients, you know, the, the acid and salt and fat. But if you ate those ingredients, you would not derive any pleasure. It has to, those ingredients fused together in some artful manner is what we end up consuming. And I feel that that's the same that goes for movies or books. It's those ingredients, but they are presented to you in this very appetizing way that you can consume it and be satisfied with it. Yeah, like this, they have to be visually appealing. They have to appeal the olfactory senses and the taste buds. Like it has to be a mindful combination of all of them. And to be able to put all those together is called art. And to be able to remove the judging part of it and to come from source, to come from this higher place, that's when you have a gift to give back to humanity. So yeah, Marion Williamson grabbed some fat, acid, and salt, made her artful combination and created a beautiful little piece of art that have helped thousands, if not millions of people. So the, the book itself has a lot of merit because of the simplicity, like the open heartedness that she puts forth, starting with her journey and and the story of her her and her grandfather being in a church and and his devotion towards it and then her being lost in her mid 20s is something i could relate to and her journey once again back to love uh back to to that oneness that we all are 
is that arc that I, I truly re- relate to because that arc takes so much courage and there's so much fear involved to let go of that little raft that you think is going to save your life to swim to a freaking yacht and then party with the all-stars. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, brother, I love these analogies that you bring forth. (laughs) Do you want to stay stuck in the little pineapple raft that you have or do you want to go to a freaking yacht and like party in the Ibizas? I'm not sure. I want to be in the yacht. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely want to be in the yacht. I don't want to be in a pineapple raft, whatever that is. I had no idea what a pineapple raft is. It's those floaties that are in the shape of a pineapple. That's what I was visualizing. Oh, but, okay. but if you are tired of swimming in a little raft, if you are tired of thinking, oh me, I'm the victim of the story, and you're ready to take that next step of evolution, start with a return to love. It's going to lead you to so many awesome places. You're going to love this journey, I swear. Marie Williamson. All-star, yacht, yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, and and there's this quote that we actually put up on our Instagram. And if you haven't checked out our Instagram, you better should because Abiel is doing an amazing job with it. And you can follow along some of the books we're reviewing because we post quotes on Instagram from the books that we're reviewing. And the one that we posted from this book was our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And this is the one quote from this book that made people actually read this book to figure out what is she talking about? You know, do you have a take on this? Are you? Oh, for sure. I think that our society has been guarded by these patriarchs that realized that they needed to suppress the population, the masses, in order for them to acquire this power. Because in their right mind, they felt like it was necessary because they were being guided by God. So for hundreds hundreds of years now, or maybe thousands, we've had a patriarchal system that has suppressed the man and it has been ingrained through our generations that we are sinful and we need this higher power in order for us to overcome our sins, which has created this suppression and has created this shadow that suppresses, that hurt us from being able to achieve our greatness. So whenever you start releasing on those fears, which are negative programming that has been inculcated through our genes and through our DNA from our ancestors, and we start stepping up to our true powerful selves, then we can start making true change on this planet. So this is basically a rewiring, a reprogramming of yourself to release on all those negative apps that are in your phone that are bogging down your operating system. So that you could then connect directly to power, to source, and make true and lasting change in this life and affect everybody you come across. So, yeah, I think it's it's a matter of time before we all are deprogrammed and become love. Wow. 
I don't think I could have said it any better. It's, it's a really powerful message. I, I like the part in the book where she's talking about romantic relationships or even special relationships. And she's like, we have constructed in this society, everyone is just so focused heavily on having a partner. And a lot of us think that a partner is going to come and save us. But there's no one rescuing you. There's no one there out to save you. You have to be your own savior. You can't be someone that's incomplete and expecting someone else to complete you. All you can expect is the other one to come along and the two of you experience the world together and you can form great experiences together. But it's not that without them, your experience of this world is not enough. I think the work needs to be done by the self for the self before a partner comes along. I feel like you need to set set your path into a, a place where you could grow because when you do get that partner, they are going to be exposing all your weaknesses. They're going to be bringing up all the aspects of your shadow that you've suppressed. And the problem is that if you don't work on that shadow, if you, if you don't realize your, your deficiencies, when that partner comes along and you're faced with that partner on a daily basis, there's nowhere for your, your shadow to hide. Oh, it all gets amplified too. Totally. And, and the issue is when their shadow and your shadow lock eyes, that's when you get like the best fights. And that's where you have to stop yourself from using weapons of mass destruction, from using the information that you've gathered from your partner that they've opened their heart and shared with you and turn it up against them. That's when you need to be kind and, and caring and not be selfish to realize that this doesn't make sense and I'm blaming my partner for everything. But in reality, all I'm seeing is myself reflected on them. And then they're doing the same to you. So that's why it's so important to do this work. That's why it's so important to go through books like A Return to Love so that you could open up the environment for somebody that's, that's compatible with your shadow. Because if you don't work on your shadow, if you don't work on yourself, then you're going to attract that same monster shadow that you've been suppressing from the other person as well. So you're going to get that tumultuous, you know, passionate relationship where you guys are on a high and then you get into the craziest fights where you like disrespecting each other and then you, you make up with some amazing sex and then you, everything's good for a couple of days and then it gets crazy again. And you're like, what's going on? Why do I keep on attracting these crazy people? And the answer is because I am crazy because I am the one that am creating the opposite of myself out there. So whenever you have a partner that's abusive or a partner that doesn't respect you, start realizing what you're doing to yourself. Because a lot of the times it's self-driven because no one would allow their partner to treat them worse than they treat themselves. That's one hard lesson that I had to learn that was taught to me by some amazing mentors. So a, a return to love is basically, hey, become whole. And once you become whole, you're not going to need a partner. But once you become whole also, then you'll create the perfect environment, the perfect 
castle for the perfect piece to come and and rule that castle with you. Yeah, you can attract the right kind of partner, basically, once you heal yourself. I I think the, the message of the book is basically that we need to stop living in fear and start embracing love. And then once we do embrace that love, we can find unity in that all-encompassing, powerful force that is out there and just become one with it. And you don't, you don't need a religion or a dogma to become part of that force, this universal force, which is basically just love at the end of the day. And I know it sounds a little esoteric and a little out there, but sometimes we have to leave our comfort zones to explore different aspects and to explore where our boundaries lie. You know, it's not some stuff. This is not the kind of things that I was comfortable with, um, but I started getting into it I was very resistant to the whole Course in Miracles. I was just like, how can a book just change me, change my life, change everything? But the more I looked into it and the more I realized it's basically trying to rewire all the societal conditioning, all the things that have been nurtured within you that are basically detrimental to your growth to your personal growth, not just in spiritual growth, to your personal growth as a being, as a human being. And it's, it's forming these patterns, this wiring, by changing the way you think and changing the way you look at things. And once again, I think this book is a good introduction to that course. You don't have to do the Course in Miracles, but I highly recommend picking up this book. If you've never read any kind of you know, spiritual material or anything towards this kind of bent, then I would highly recommend this book. Marianne Williamson does an amazing job. Um, Yeah. So Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. Download it, buy it, review it, read it. And if you have any books that you would like us to read and review and talk about on this podcast, Go to our website, theemotionalcompass.com. There's a contact form. You can contact us through that or just follow us on Instagram and you can DM us. Our DMs are open um, or we're on Facebook as well. You know, it's The Emotional Compass everywhere. Rate this podcast, review it, share it with loved ones. You know, we're doing this out of love. That's right. And I hope this book also serves as the, your rabbit hole to... Uh a slew of amazing books that will change, transform you because when one piece of the puzzle gets uplifted, the whole puzzle gets lifted. So we're here to grow, to learn, to experience, to understand, to use all these beautiful energies and energy systems. We're part of it. You're part of it. Let's do this damn thing.